Welcome back to another episode of Building a Life You Love. I am so excited because today we get to talk about our brain and patterning, and I'm going to talk to a behavioral change expert about how we upgrade our patterns to limit our stress and anxiety, how we let go of old money stories and patterns, and how we can improve in those areas. But this is such an exciting conversation, and she just had a new book that's released, and it's basically about the four steps to personal empowerment. How do we live a better life by understanding how our brain works and how to work with our brain? So take a listen. I can't wait to share this with you. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome Adele Spragan. She's an award-winning author of the book Shift, Four Steps to Personal Empowerment. She's also a thought leader, and she's an international trainer and a fearless speaker. I'd like to welcome you today. Adele, welcome. Thank you, Kristen. Happy to be here. Oh, I think this is such an interesting area that you focus in on and help people with. So I cannot wait to dig into this. I know it's going to be so helpful for a lot of people. Can you first tell us a little bit about your journey to how you got into this field and sort of what you're doing now? Sure, I'd love to. Um, Well, I, I should start by saying that I've been in the personal development industry for, gosh, over 30 years. So for the first 15 or so of those years, I was teaching mindset techniques, I was teaching positive thinking, I was teaching goal setting, everything that we typically learn in our personal development world. And what was fascinating, though, Kristen, was that I was really struggling using these techniques because I wanted my own business. I, I was very much an entrepreneur at heart. And I started three businesses. And then I rapidly quit three businesses one after another. Uh-huh. So each time I got even just to the verge of success, I would turn tail, I would run away. And I no amount of positive thinking or mindset was going to support me. No amount of better goal setting. And I did everything. At the same time, I was also teaching all of these tools. As I said, I was coaching in them. And so I started to ask the people that I was coaching, hey, you know, between you and me, are you really, really succeeding? Yeah. And about 25% of them were, they were very much doing exactly what they wanted to do. But the other 75% were like, no, not really. And some of them were, no, not at all, you know, and yeah. there's something wrong with me. And so, you know, given this, I, I really started to question, do we have the right operating instructions? Mm-hmm. So I took myself to university. I started to study the human mind and the human brain and how it works. And I realized, no, we're all using the wrong operating instructions. And so I created new ones. I did a deep dive into my own mind. Mm -hmm. And I came up with new operating instructions around the way the brain actually works. And for the last 10 years, I've been teaching that. And remarkable results. 87% of the people who use this tool get the results that they want to get. So hugely different. And it's just a matter of knowing how our brain works and knowing how to use it. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And you're right, 87%. That's that's pretty powerful. So wow. First of all, I love that you share that part of your story here. And I know obviously, you know, on, on other things you do, that you know, each time you started venturing out to do, you know, uh, start a new business, and I'm sure in other ways in your life, that you you had this signal or things happening that you literally halted yourself or you kind of turned away from that success. Yeah. Can you share this a little bit more about now that you have this? new understanding and knowledge of, you know, how our brains work, what was going on there and what's going on for a lot of people. 
Yeah. So one of the things that I had been taught was absolutely essential was this idea of push past your comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. You heard of that one? Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's what I was trying to do. I I had a massive amount of anxiety. I was struggling with panic attacks. I had panic attacks every day for 10 years. Right. So massive, massive anxiety level that I think I was born with. It was just part of my psyche. And so I was constantly trying to push past my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I had this people-pleasing pattern. So if I saw that I had upset somebody or even just, you know, it, it, it might have just been a look in somebody's eye, I would think, oh, my gosh, I've done something wrong. And that would trigger this anxiety. And I could not push past this comfort zone. Yeah. Comfort zone, as I like to say, kept pushing back on me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I would go and go and go as far as I possibly could. And then something in me would just turn off and I would just retreat back. And so by the time I did this for the third time, I had to stop thinking that it was the situation. I, mm-hmm. I had to finally say, okay, Adele, this yeah. has got nothing to do with what you are actually doing. This has nothing to do with people's actual reactions. This is something that is being triggered in you. And that really had me look inwards and say, okay, what is going on that is causing me to do this? Mm-hmm. And that had me see it as a brain pattern and not as situationally based. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, and I'm sure as we dig into more of this, you know, how you help people, we'll get to uncover a bit more during the conversation about how now you help people get past that, or maybe that's the wrong word, maybe past is the wrong word, but how you, how they work on that, right. To actually see, um, the able to step into that success or that new thing. So yeah. I'm looking, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So uh, w- one of the, one of the things that I learned, which really woke me up, was this study that was done by John Dylan Haynes. And he did this study, gosh, it must be about maybe 15 years ago now. Mm -hmm. And what he determined was that um, the human brain, the unconscious regions of our brain actually light up before Mm -hmm. our conscious awareness that we are going to make that decision or take that action. So let me just, let me just preface this and show people how amazing this is. Let's say that we could hook your brain up to a brain scanner and that brain scanner was able to record in real time exactly what you were doing. Mm -hmm. Okay. What would happen was the brain scanner would know a fraction of a second or as John Dillon says, up to seven seconds, Mm -hmm. the decision you're going to make before your conscious mind says, I want to do that. Now, if we think about that, that is incredible. We have everything backwards. We think that thought is leading when in reality, our unconscious is leading. So that means that we feel, we take action, and then we think instead of how we have been taught that we are doing it, we just think, feel, act. So we feel, act, think, wow, everything gets flipped on its head. Absolutely. Wow. That, that is amazing. And I have not heard it described that way. So that's, that is truly, I mean, you know, such a different way of thinking about it, which makes a lot of sense though. Let's dig into that a little bit more. I know in one of your blog posts, you talk about, and maybe it's in your book. Uh, I'm not sure if this example is, but you talk about being in an apple orchard when you were oh, there yes. to talk about, uh, or you were thinking about, I think part of your business, but I, I liked when you said kind of, you had this you know, something hit you and you can explain that. And then sort of what happened, because I think a lot of that was your, 
right? It was your unconscious leading yes. you into yes. what you started discovering. So do you want to, I think that might be an example of kind of what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- that's kind of a long story. So I'll try and summarize it quickly. Okay. <laughs> but basically what happens when we when we know how the brain works, then we know that action is coming before conscious awareness. Mm-hmm. When, as we start to repattern, we will actually become more aligned with what is actually going on in the current moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we can allow the unconscious regions of the brain to take those actions and then allow our conscious mind to kind of catch up with Mm -hmm. what has already occurred. So this was the, uh, this happened in the orchard and this was fascinating. I was doing a deep repatterning. So sometimes I'll extract myself for five, six days and go and just strictly repattern. I go into silence and I'm just repatterning the brain. And I do some very, very deep, deep repatterning. Not that everybody has to do that. That's just how I choose to do it sometimes. So I was doing one of these deep, deep repatternings. And I was asking, okay, what is my message? What is my marketing message? Because I've always kind of struggled a little bit like with that. And what happened was, I, I went, I had this epiphany where I just got up out of my repatterning chair and I just started to walk. And I was in this farm and it was this orchard, this apple orchard. Now, one thing you have to know about this apple orchard is it had been hit by a late frost. Mm-hmm. So there was not a single apple in this orchard. Okay. All the flowers had been killed by this yeah. frost. Crazy. And at the same time, this in Ontario, we had this um, infestation of these caterpillars and they were dripping off these trees. Anyway, I was walking these rows and there was 12 acres of these apple orchard rows and I'm just walking up and down. And I felt compelled. I felt my action coming before thought and I felt compelled to go to the center of this orchard. And the message that I had been given was Adele, go change the, the conversation from dichotomy to paradox. Well, I was angry, Kristen. I yeah. was ticked off because I'm saying to myself, change a conversation in the world. Like, are you crazy? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you crazy yeah. brain. What are right. you talking about? Like, how do you expect me to change this conversation? So I'm angry. Anyway, yeah. I feel my feet compelled to walk to the center of this orchard. So I end up at the center of this orchard and I say to myself, and I know that I'm going to sound a little crazy. I say to myself, <laughs> all right, fine brain, you got me here. Now what? Yeah. And it's having me look around and I'm seeing that all around this orchard are these huge trees. So I said, okay, I get it. I'm not alone. Is that all? No. And it again, I feel my feet start to walk again, mm-hmm. action before thought. And I yeah. come to this one corner of this orchard. And now this is a 12-acre orchard, so it's really huge. One corner, I feel myself stop in front of one tree. And I'm looking at this tree and I'm going, okay, what am I supposed to see here? And I see hidden amongst these branches, two baby apples. In the entire orchard, there is nothing but these two apples. Now, so now I get curious. Now I'm going, all right, why, what is it about apples? What do I know about apples, Mm -hmm. right? So here's the thing, guys, when you get these insights, don't just leave them as insights. Start inquiring because um, I'm going to come back to why in a second. Yeah. Anyway, so I start inquiring. Okay, what, what do I know about apples? And all I can come up with is the story of Adam and Eve. Well, I happen to know, I believe that that is a mythology that is talking about the birth of dichotomy. The time, now let me explain what the dichotomy is. A dichotomy is the belief in right, wrong, good, bad, right? 
Okay. Mm -hmm. That is a left brain understanding. So our left brain thinks in terms of either or. Mm -hmm. Our right brain thinks holistically. It, It brings context to our situations. So here I am and I'm going, okay, Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge, they gave birth to this concept of good and evil. They gave birth to the concept of dichotomy. And that's what my brain was trying to show me. Then it had me walk further uh, to show me an old apple tree that had cut down. And then I got the message, okay, dichotomy is now on its way out. My job is not to change the conversation, it's to spread the conversation. But I think the most important part about this story is twofold. First, how did I know that those apples are there? That's a really important question. So as I see it, everything that you have heard, touched, seen, smelled, tasted, down to the license plate on the car that you passed on the way into work, okay, Mm -hmm. is stored in the unconscious regions of our brain. Our brain is incredible, and it just drinks everything in, and it stores it in the unconscious. Not in a way that we can tap in, open up a drawer and say, what happened on May 2002? No, I'm sorry, guys. We we don't have that level of of consciousness, awareness. But it is stored in there. So at some point, I had walked past that tree. At some point, even though I didn't consciously know it, Mm -hmm. my unconscious had drank in the fact that there was two apples on that single tree. And that's why I was walking there. This wasn't mystical. It wasn't esoteric. It was Mm -hmm. my brain doing what the brain is designed to do if we know how to work it. Okay. So that's the first thing to get. Mm -hmm. You have inside of you a vast warehouse that has a massive amount of information and untapped knowledge that you do not currently know that you have. In order to tap into that, all we have to do is remove what you currently think you know, which is given by patterns. Mm -hmm. That's a limitation of what you actually know. So that's number one thing from Uh that story. The second thing to get from that story is this idea of left brain, right brain. Mm -hmm. So one of the other findings in neuroscience, which is absolutely fascinating, and as most people know, we have two hemispheres of the brain. They're divided. We don't have one brain. We actually have two brains. Now, Kristen, if I was to ask you what's the difference between the right brain and left brain, what would you say? Well, I think, you know, as we mentioned before, one of the thoughts used to be one was the more creative side, right? And one was more maybe the verbal or uh, logical side. Exactly, exactly. So it used to be determined that your right brain was creative, your left brain is logical. Your right brain is artistic, your right brain, your left brain is is um, language-based. No, no, sorry. Both sides <laughs> of your brain are equally needed for all of that stuff. It's got yeah. nothing to do with that. But there is a fundamental difference between these hemispheres. That fundamental difference is this. Your right brain is always drinking everything in, in the present moment. It is aware of everything in your environment. Mm -hmm. So sitting here right now, there are two things that your brain needs to equally do at the same time. One thing is zero in on the words I'm saying and block out all the distractions that are not to do with my words. The second thing your brain needs to do is keep you safe, which means it has to be alert and aware of everything in your environment. Mm -hmm. Every Now, these things are mutually incompatible, correct? Focus in, be aware. It's just like, 
okay, how do you do that? Well, nature found this amazing way. She just split your brain in two. She said, okay, right brain, you take care of being alert and aware for everything, dangers, opportunities, whatever. Left brain, you focus in, you be narrow focus. All right, fantastic. Mm -hmm. What's happened today, though, over the last hundreds, hundreds of years, is our left brain has become massively dominant. It has been prioritized over our right brain. Basically, what that means is that we are relying on past-based knowledge. We are relying on this idea of good, bad, right, wrong, black, white, right? Everything that the left brain makes available Mm -hmm. and not connected to the moment. We have lost context. That is what the apple orchard was trying to show me, that the We need to bring back connection to the current moment. How we can do that is easy. You need to take a step into the right hemisphere. How we can do that Uh is we stop relying on past created patterns and we create optimal patterns which deliver an experience of now. Mm. Oh my gosh. So good. And yes, I I knew that was a little longer story, but I think there was so much good stuff in there that it's, it's such a valuable story and example So speaking of that, you know, that basically you're saying we have to kind of tap into or connect better to our the right hemisphere, correct? So with that, I think one of the things you talk about is on our left left hemisphere, that's where we get the um, what do you call it? I guess it's the do you say it's I guess it gets scared, right? I was trying to think if you said anxiety or what, but that's a side right that produces us being worried or scared. I may have that wrong, but. And then that's why we have to connect with the whole context, correct? Yeah. And so, so how do so we do part, that, I guess? Well, part of the left brain's way of operating, and, and nothing wrong with using past-based knowledge, okay? So mm-hmm. just, let me, just let me be really clear here. When Ian McGilchrist is one of the leading experts in this area, the other person that you want to listen to is Jill Bolte-Taylor. I don't know if you've seen her TED Talk. She was a, a neuroscientist. She had a stroke in her left hemisphere. Uh-huh. So one thing that we have to know is that it is a whole brain um, thinking that is needed. The the only problem today is that our left brain has been prioritized. It's Mm -hmm. it's just dominant. It's not that it's bad or wrong. So I just wanted to make that really clear. Okay. So back to your question, does fear originate in the left hemisphere? When fear is necessary, it will be spontaneously created in the right hemisphere. If you're being chased with a bear, it's probably a pretty good idea to be scared, okay? Most of today's fears, though, are unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Most of today's fears are driven by past experience, which is now obsolete Mm -hmm. and which ideally we should be able to drop. Why is anxiety on this planet growing? I mean, Kristen, you and I were talking before we came on air. Since COVID, anxiety and depression are now fourfold what they were before, four times as much anxiety inside the individual as pre-COVID. Okay, so what is going on? Why? Why is this growing to this extent? The world today is speeding up, (laughs) okay? So it used to be that a person could create patterns in their childhood And those patterns would lead them throughout their life. They continued to work throughout their entire existence. Mm -hmm. Because frankly, life didn't change that much. Right. You lived in the same town. You had the same people around you. It was just 
constant and consistent. And that Mm -hmm. was fine. So you created all of these childhood patterns before the age of about five, you created another batch in your adolescence. And then in adulthood, you really didn't need new patterns. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I got I got something for that situation. And your brain just continued to take the same actions over and over and over again. Right. And that worked. Today, that no longer works, not because there's something wrong, but because the world is now speeding up to the point yeah. where we need to take new actions on a daily basis. Right. Nobody was prepared for the pandemic because we didn't have within our generations mm-hmm. A pandemic that came from the previous generation who had already passed on. So there was no knowledge of that in our pattern box. And so hence, we hit one of these situations and boom, anxiety is the result, Mm -hmm. not because we should be scared, but because we don't have a pattern to know what to do to be effective. That's Uh all. Right. Now, how many situations are we going to hit in the very near future? We've got massive amounts of changes coming down the pipe. So we better upgrade this brain of ours real quick. Mm -hmm. Now, the beautiful thing about the human brain, if we can say anything about it, it is adaptability itself. Mm -hmm. That's all. We are not like animals who are born with instincts. We have to learn everything. That is a good thing. That means that our brain is capable of adapting. We just have to give it a tool or a technique to allow it to do that. Wow. And so obviously you help people, right, with that repatterning and the steps that you've come up with. But what are maybe just the beginning of of how people can, you know, realize, like you said, our world is getting faster. There's a lot more change that we're getting thrown or thrown at us. So what are, are there some easy first steps people can do to start this shift? Yeah. So the first thing to do is is to know when you're running a pattern that doesn't work. So let mm-hmm. me just explain what I just said. There are three types of patterns, mm-hmm. patterns that work, patterns that don't work, and mm-hmm. patterns that are optimal, okay? Patterns that work and patterns that don't work come from your past. Not all of the patterns that were created in your past are bad, okay? Right. Some of them continue to work quite well, mm-hmm. and that's why, you know, we're effective in some areas of our life and not effective in others. Right. Okay, great. So the first thing to say is, okay, so if I'm if I'm running a pattern that doesn't work, how will I tell? Well, you have a built-in internal guide. It is called your emotions, mm-hmm. okay? And that built-in internal guide will always be trying to tell you, knock, knock, it's time for an upgrade. When you feel suffering, uncomfortable, doubting, something wrong with me, fear, anger, anything Mm -hmm. that creates internal conflict. It is just simply your guide saying, hey, you got a pattern here that's not working. Let's upgrade it so that you can create an optimal pattern and not feel this way. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. So a pattern is an intertwined physical sensation, emotion, and thought. When the three aspects of our being come together, it results in a particular action. Our question is, does that work or not? That's a really powerful question. Not Mm -hmm. what's wrong with me. Not I'm bad. Not they're bad. None of that comes into being. It's just, is this working? No. Okay, great. Then I'm just going to remove this pattern and create a new action, which will work. Mm. Oh, my goodness. And of course, the question in my mind is, well, how do you do that? (laughs) Okay, great. Easier said than done, I'm guessing. (laughs) 
You know what? Repatterning is simple. Your brain is designed to repattern itself. It does it spontaneously all the time. Okay. Mm -hmm. But spontaneous, okay, two things about your brain that you need to know. One thing is it's a little bit lazy. If it has (laughs) a pattern for a situation, Mm -hmm. it will prefer to rely on that pattern than create a new one. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that pattern is the fastest route to action. And the only thing that your brain is really concerned about is your survival. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if it has a pattern, it will prefer to go there than create a new one. But sometimes it will do what is called a correction. Okay. Mm -hmm. It it encounters a situation and the pattern is, is not, it can't find a pattern in the pattern box for that situation. And so it will immediately create a new one. And that's uh-huh. happening spontaneously often. It's those aha moments. It's those um, surprising little things that you do, delightful little things. And you go, yeah. wow, I didn't even know I could do that. That is right. a sign of you creating a new pattern. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So your brain is used to doing this, but uh-huh. it does, it prefers not to. But if we can give it a tool to do it and mm-hmm. make it get used to doing it, then you can learn how to do it systematically rather than spontaneously. Now you don't have to rely on the brain to just do it. You can actually be the instrument that causes it to do this. Okay, fantastic. So the the steps are very simple, but simple, as you just said, is not easy. (laughs) The brain, like I said, it prefers to rely on those old patterns. So it's resisting initially when Mm -hmm. you first give it the tool and it's going, no, no, no. Oh, don't do this. This might not result in your survival. Right. It always will, of course, but you know, right. the brain's used to trying to keep us safe. All right, great. So what are the four steps? Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to flip the switch. Mm-hmm. So let me just explain something. When you look at your phone, let's just say, uh-huh. are you seeing your phone? We think we are. Right. Right. We think that, yeah, of course I'm seeing my phone. It's here in my hand. I'm I'm looking at it. Right. Okay. But if you know the way your brain works, you have to rethink that. Mm -hmm. Here is our brain. It is trapped inside a dark and silent room inside a bony skull. Mm -hmm. There is no access inside the brain to the outside world. It's dark. It's silent. There's no touch. There's no taste. There is nothing in here but electrical impulses, which are flying down neural pathways. Okay. All right. Great. So where is this phone then? If we know that, then we can say, oh, okay. I have a pattern in my brain for phone. Mm -hmm. I had a pattern in my brain for quitting. Right. Okay. That pattern had to be there first before I could make the take the action of quitting. Before I could make that decision, I needed Mm -hmm. that pattern. I need a pattern for phone before I can identify that as phone. As soon as we know that, it's like, oh, okay, I can flip the switch. The -hmm. issue isn't actually occurring out there. The issue is occurring inside this bony skull of mine, inside a neural pathway. Great. That puts you back in the position of control. Now you've got Mm -hmm. more power. So that's step one. You got to own it. Own it as a pattern. I'm sorry. You got to identify it first. You have to identify the physical sensation, emotion, thought. You have to know whether something works or doesn't work. And that's simple. If you're suffering, it doesn't work. Okay. So identify it first. Own it second. Flip that switch. All right. Now the next step, we got to turn you over to that right hemisphere. All of that was the left hemisphere. All of that Mm -hmm. is based inside of what you know. 
your next step is to do something extremely powerful, but it doesn't feel powerful at the level of action, behavior, belief. The next step is to surrender to that pattern. Okay, that's, mm-hmm. that step is a little bit tricky, but surrender is the most powerful thing you can do at the level of pattern. Mm-hmm. Because when you can do it, what you do is you align the conscious mind, which thinks that it's seeing the actual situation with what right. the unconscious knows, which is not all this is, this is given by a pattern in the past. All right, so to surrender is to line those two up. As soon as you do that, the brain lets that pattern go. It's like, oh, this isn't working. And it just releases it. And then the fourth step then is to create a new pattern. Wow. And then by creating a new pattern, like what, what does that look like? Can you ah, give us Well, your brain's already done it, actually. Well, See, so once you surrender and they connect, the idea. Once, or the- once you... Once you align with what's actually going on in the moment, remember I said that inside you is everything that you've already tasted, smelled, touched, read, heard, everything's in there. Okay, great. That is where your brain's going to go to create an upgraded pattern. It's going to tap into that vast warehouse and pull from all of that past knowledge. Mm -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. when you were five years old and you first created a pattern, do you think you knew everything? No. No. Do you think that you weren't good enough at some stuff? Absolutely. But today you've had all of that life experience that now the new pattern can draw on. So a pattern created as an adult is very different from a pattern created as a child. That my quitting pattern I created way back when. Of course, as soon as I remove that quitting pattern, the idea of quitting never enters my head. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like I step out of one identity into another. I'm just no right. longer the same person, right? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Uh, in my adult years, I wouldn't say, oh, you know, that person's opinion's important. Of course it isn't, right? Like, yeah. you know, not when it's, well, not when it was as, as illogical as my quitting pattern was. Right. So one question that came up for me when you were just explaining that, which is fascinating, but, but my question was, so, would you say then people that fill their minds with more knowledge, experiences, and information are in a better position to have greater shifts there or success? They're in a, they're, okay, they have more fodder, they have more grist for the mill, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. the more you experience, the more you, you read, the more. Um, personal development you've done in your past, none of that has gone to waste. Right. So some people come to me and they say, oh my gosh, Adele, like I've done so much and you know, I, I'm just ready to give up. And I'm like, no, no, everything that you've done right. is actually now going to support you going forward to creating a new pattern. Okay. So okay. none of it has gone to waste and mm-hmm. all of it can be used. Um, so yes. And at the same time, you know, people who haven't had a, an opportunity to have a lot of life experiences, there's actually a heck of a lot more in there than anybody even thinks. Right. I, you know, if you just think like just going through life, how much you learned in school, for example, right. all of that is in there. How many conversations you've overheard, how many TV shows you've watched. Right. All of that becomes opportunities for an optimal pattern to get created. 
Yeah, no, I get that. Even walking down the street, everything you see, everything you observe, everything you hear, like you said. So yeah, yeah okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you, so we talked to, obviously a little about the anxiety piece, right? That everybody's been dealing with. And as we know, it's not going to get better probably for some time. You know, we're just going to have all these things that are going around, on around the world. The other thing I think a lot of people get stuck with, right? The area they get stuck on is the money. So can you give us an example maybe about how do we shift that, you know, if money is sort of area where we're struggling with, or, or maybe not that we're not making money, but we're, we're getting stuck somewhere, right? We're not able to grow our money or whatnot. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And is the shift about the same or is there something else you're seeing there? Yeah. Money is a very fascinating pattern. Um, Here's the thing about money. It used to be attached to something. Right? Initially, mm-hmm. when we first created this concept called money, it was attached to gold and, mm-hmm. and you would walk around with gold in your pocket and you would trade that for the good. All right, mm-hmm. great. Then somebody had this great idea. Wow, this gold's getting really heavy. Why don't I just give you a promissory note? I'll just, I'll just sign a piece of paper. I'll hand yeah. that to you, Kristen. But if you want to see the gold, I'll keep it for you. I'll keep it in a bank and you're welcome to go get it at any time. But, you know, between you and me, we're just going to pass these notes around. Mm -hmm. Then somebody said, gosh, you know, nobody's going to find the gold. Let's just let's just pass these notes back and forth. And then finally, somebody said, why are we bothering with notes? Let's just stick numbers on a page and just call that money. So what is money? Honestly, what is it? It is a pattern. When we get that. Oh, I have a money pattern, which is causing me to create debt, for example. Mm -hmm. I have a money pattern, which is causing me to save. We tend to think, oh, that pattern's bad. That pattern's good. No, no. It's just, does it work for you or not? Mm -hmm. And if it's causing suffering, then know it's a pattern and know you can deconstruct it, right? Yeah. So the reason that I bring that up, is because unlike other patterns that actually have a real connection in the world, right? Mm -hmm. So if we look at a tree, Kristen, you and I, we would both, if I said, you know, describe tree and I describe tree, we would both be able to describe it somewhat similarly, Uh right? Yeah. But when we, when, if I said, Kristen, what is money? You Mm -hmm. might say, oh, well, money is power or money is energy or money Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, no, neither one of us would be able to describe or sorry, agree to what money is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah. knowing that money is a pattern is really empowering. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, that is strictly positioned in the left brain. Unlike the right, the tree, which actually has a connection to nature, which means that there's something in our right brain, which has access to that. Mm-hmm. Money is strictly a left brain pattern. Wow. As we as the left brain has become more and more prominent, more and more dominant, we are positioning money as more and more important in our lives, Mm -hmm. more central collectively to what we do. And it is now causing us to make decisions which are frankly unworkable. It's not based in relationships. It's now based strictly in money. Money does corrupt for that reason. And that's why it's really important to know that money is a pattern to know whether money works for you or not. Mm-hmm. Once you know it's a pattern, you can treat it as a pattern. You can own it. You can deconstruct it. You can create a new, more empowered pattern around it because everybody needs more empowered patterns around money as we go forward. Their wealth oh. distribution is becoming more and more misaligned. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So do you have an example there? Let's say that someone's kind of like your example where you had, you know, you tried three businesses, but you found yourself stopping. And I know that that was obviously about the program or, you know, of the quitting. But what about, was that also a money program that needed to be changed? In other words, a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck there, right? Like the, I know you talk about selling as well, but so let's, do you have an example about how someone, a specific example, how someone struggled with that and then how they changed us that specific pattern or messaging? Yeah. So, so money patterns are fascinating because some people have, um, you know, like you're saying, some people have patterns around selling. Some people have set patterns around Mm self-worth in which they're trying to substitute with money. So, so it really does require what I call a deep dive, which is somebody like me who is just able to hear patterns and say, okay, here's what you need to change in order to correct the money situation. Uh Okay. So it's, it's always layered. All right. So let's start there. Um, you know, one of the things about optimal patterns, though, is they are so highly creative. When when COVID hit, Kristen, I was really became aware, probably for the first time, because I must have my head in the sand, I got to admit, <laughs> I became aware for the first time that the inequity of the mm-hmm. wealth distribution on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I dealt with it as a pattern. I owned it as my pattern. That's Mm -hmm. really important is that everybody owns it as their own and not look to solve the problem out there. And as I repatterned it, I came up with the equitable payment plan, which is really unique and very Mm -hmm. different. And the equitable payment plan works like this. If somebody gets value, they should pay. But what they should pay needs to be within their means. Right now, that mm-hmm. is a very different way of right. doing sales on the planet today, right. and it could only come from a right brain. It takes care of everybody. It takes mm-hmm. care of the business. It takes care of me. It takes care of the client, and mm-hmm. that's that's the beauty of the right brain. It comes up with these highly creative solutions which take care of everybody. So everybody is going to have their own unique creative solutions around their money situation. Mm-hmm. But yes, you do need to know what that is first. I can give a, I can give a very simple pattern around selling if that helps. Like I can. Okay. So most people are taught that sales is relationships. Have you all heard that? Yes. Okay. Once we know that money is a pattern, that concept goes out the window. Mm -hmm. Okay. So selling, if you think about two lanes on a highway, there is a relationship lane and there's a market lane. Okay. The market lane is transactional. It's left brain. Mm -hmm. And transactional is, here is what I have. Do you want to buy it? Yes or no. And there's Mm -hmm. nothing personal in the transactional lane, in the market lane. The relationship lane is all about reciprocity. It's very Mm -hmm. right brain. So, Kristen, do me a favor, please. Right? And then, you know, those lanes must not meet. They never do. In reality, they never do. What happens is people are going down this relationship lane, building this relationship, this friendship, and then Mm -hmm. they try and and create a sales conversation in that lane. And it gets Mm -hmm. really messy. Has everybody noticed, especially like entrepreneurs, especially if you're selling coaching or something like that, that is a very messy lane to be in. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what you have to do if you're in a sales conversation is yes, you start in the relationship reciprocity lane. Of course, you need to lean in and hear and listen to this person Mm -hmm. and understand if what you have is the right thing for them. 
Right. But then you want to have a little conversation that actually walks them over to the market lane so that both of you are now in this transactional lane. And it will sound something like this, you know, you know, how are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. Yes, I can see that I can help you. Right. So now you're in that position. You know, you can help the person. Uh Now you say something like, you know, I think I have the perfect solution for you. I think that what I offer might help you. Would it be okay if I tell you a little bit about and then your service, okay, right. or about your product. Mm-hmm. What have you done? You've just taken somebody off the off ramp. You've mm-hmm. taken them off the friendship lane and onto now the market lane. Now mm-hmm. you're sitting in the off ramp at this point, both of you. Right. Now they say, you know what? No, I'm not interested. Fine. You're back in the friendship lane. You've just uh-huh. come back off the off ramp and back onto this highway. No problem. Great. You know, keep going. Yeah. No sales. But if they say, sure, now you want to make sure that you set up the transaction. Mm-hmm. So you want to say, okay, so here's what will happen next. I will say this, this, this. You can let me know at that point, you'll be in one of two places. You'll either say, great, thanks, Adele. I'm good to go. Or, okay, Adele, what do I do next? Right. right. Mm-hmm. Either way is okay with me, Kristen. Just let me know when we hit that point. Right. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Now, you're totally comfortable. As the buyer, you are now totally relaxed because you're in the right lane. You know exactly what's going to happen. It's transactional. I've told you, I've given, told you when it starts, when it ends. Mm -hmm. And at that point, when you hit that point in the conversation, you say, okay, now that's my service. What do you think? Are you interested? No. Great. You're back in the friendship lane. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Now you're, now you talk money. Yeah. Well, so so part of that is having those um, transition words and clarity along each point in that path or those two different lanes. Is that right? Is that basically yes. what I'm hearing? Yes. Yeah. What okay. happens wow. if, if somebody tries to have a market conversation in the friendship lane is it sounds, it feels really slimy mm-hmm. and it feels manipulative even to the person who's trying to sell. So it right. gets really, really awkward. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are taught, though, that that is the way to do sales. And that's what makes it so uncomfortable because you're now battling trying to manipulate the person into buying rather than just being straight. Hey, look, I believe what I have could really help you. Can Mm -hmm. I tell you what it is? Yeah, it's very straight. Right. And it gives the person a choice. Oh, no, I love both those money examples. First of all, the first example that you were talking about, how you kind of learn, you you more, you were more aware during the pandemic of just that, that inequity, right? And the money people are making. But I love what I loved about the example is that you talked about that we will, if we are open to realizing like, huh, my old programmer thinking isn't working, right? And now I need to be opened to connecting these two parts of me that are going to come up with a creative solution a new creative program. So I love that because I think the point, you know, that you were making is this isn't a one size fits all. My past, my experiences, my everything I've taken in is different than yours. And so it's okay. And we should expect that our solutions or our new uh, stories around money or patterning is going to look different. And that's a good thing. Yeah. And, and it reduces all the conflict right. between people. Yeah. These creative that. solutions that are driven by your right brain they d- they create solutions which are so remarkable. Uh-huh. And I mean, I'll just give you a really other quick sure. example of something that happened to me. I was late for a meeting and I'm driving down this road and I decide I'm going to take a side street. 
So mm-hmm. I went down the side street. I'm blocking my path was a garbage truck. And this um, this man is collecting the garbage from the other side of the street. And it's uh-huh. a huge pile, huge pile of black bags, right? And I'm going, oh, great. I am going to be so late. So mm-hmm. I can feel this pattern bubbling up in me. Mm-hmm. I can feel my anger. I can feel my upset. So I do what I do. And I apply my four-step repatterning technique. And the next thing I know, I am opening the car door. I walk over to this pile. I pick up two bags. And I walk back. And I throw them in the back of this truck. And the guy looks at me. And with this shocked look on his face. And I said, oh, I said, it looked like you could use a hand. Now, I didn't plan on saying that. Okay. Right, right. He starts to laugh. He says, I can't let you do that. I'm going to get in trouble. He says, let me move the truck. Thank you. Right. right. Like, just no conflict. Right. No upset. And you had no idea he was going to try to move his truck. You were just like, you know what? I can do something about this, kind of. But you my, know my right brain just came up with the solution of, okay, you're in a hurry. He's yeah. obviously got a huge job. I mean, you know, if I could rationalize it out, and that's not the way optimal patterns work, right. they just take action. But if yeah. I was going to rationalize it out, then I would say my right hemisphere probably saw the situation, saw that he needed help, right. saw that I was in mean and had to get somewhere fast, so that two of us could do this job faster and just, okay, let's just do it, right? Like, yeah. let's not make a huge deal out of this. Let's just get this done. Now, what what would my left brain have done? Beep, beep, get out of the yes. way, right? And both of us would have been left for the rest of the day with this annoyance, irritation, yeah. rah, 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 and, and thinking all <laughs> about that. Oh, yeah, that's just how people are, right? You mm-hmm. know, reinforcing our current conflict patterns on the planet. None of that happened. It was yeah. just, yeah, we'll just work together. <laughs> yeah. So one last question about that, and then we can find out, you know, how to connect with you online and things. So would you, would you say though, of course, you know what to look for because you've been doing this for a long time and you're helping people with it, of that repatterning. But if I, let's say that I was in that car and I'm in a rush and like you said, I'm kind of frazzled. Do you find that taking a breath and just trying to clear your mind, lets you know, the right in the left hemisphere, try to do that work that it needs to do that will come up with those creative solutions. So it seems like there's probably really easy little technique like that, that helps us start to let that process happen. Okay, so the best tool I can give you to start this technique Mm -hmm. is drop immediately into the body and ask yourself, okay, what am I feeling? Where am I feeling it? And what thought is my brain having? Mm -hmm. And then pause and with detachment, try and just observe where that emotion is, is arising in the body. Okay, so in my case, it was impatience and anger. I could feel that bubbling up. Great. So I'm just going to observe that. Okay, that's step one. And that in itself will help. It won't fully deconstruct the pattern, but it will certainly position the pattern where it belongs, which is internal. Mm, Such good stuff. Oh, my gosh. So are there any last resources you want to share? And then can you also share with us how people can connect with you online and learn more about your book? Yeah, sure. So if if anybody wants a free copy of my book, you are welcome to go to shift four steps. That's the number four dot com. And you can get one there or on my website, adelspragan.com. There's free video training on my website. You know, there's lots of goodies there. I, I just highly recommend that people really look at the difference between the hemispheres, mm-hmm. really start to question. Okay, here's the best advice I can give you. Uh-huh. If anybody asks you, why did you do that? There's a very simple answer. Because my patterns made me. 
There mm-hmm. is no shame. There is no blame. There is nothing to fix. There is nothing broken about you. Mm-hmm. There are just patterns. Some of them are obsolete. Some of them are in need of an upgrade. Some of them are working great. Your job is to recognize which ones need an upgrade. And no more blaming yourself or making yourself wrong. Oh, so good. And I think you're so right. And it would be, it will be a great day with, if most more of us can really understand that concept, right? And then apply that to our lives. I so, think it's oh, coming. I, yeah. I like to think it's coming. Yeah. Hey, the conversation is changing from dichotomy to paradox. Yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Adele, thank you so, so much for being with us today and sharing amazing knowledge with us that I think every one of us should be and can apply, you know, to our own thinking and patterning. And I just think it's such a valuable conversation. So thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me, Kristen. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So much of this episode, I just, it's so rich. I love that Adele came on and shared how our brains work and how it's just our patterning, right? We have to upgrade some of the patterns, right? The programming that's already there, that's not serving us. And I loved the part of the conversation about how we allow our right brain, right? Or our right brain, left brain to connect and come up with new creative solutions. Oh my gosh. I think I'm going to have to listen to this several times to try to remember this information and actually let my brain do the work. I want to leave you with these words today. They're from the book of poems called Paddle Home by Amber Lillystrom. And it just, they seemed so apt to me today about this conversation. The poem's called The Language of My Soul. My mind endeavors to understand what only my heart can know. Life is meant to be lived through the kaleidoscope of my senses, beyond the limited lens of my fearful brain. No matter how hard I squint to see, I cannot comprehend what exists beyond words and reason. It seems the language of my soul is a dialect that I am still learning. I just think that's beautiful, and it really illustrates to me sort of what our conversation was about today. So here's to listening to the language of our soul and letting our mind work as it should it is meant to and understanding when it is we need to change the programming i think we do need to know what we want in order to define life on our terms and we have to be willing to break the past scripts so that we can move into better and more beautiful and amazing things and i also wanted to let you know if you have been having ideas swirling around your head about what can you start how can you bring in extra money then I would love for you to check out the site and learn a little bit more about a program I'm launching called Launch Your Creative Side Hustle, which will start November 1st. So if this is of interest to you, I would love for you to check it out. We are going to help you figure out your, your focus. We're going to help you get those first steps started, get your first sale, and get going so that you can start bringing in more money. Just go to kristenfitch.com slash side hustle to learn more. And for people that sign up between now and November 1st, I, I'm giving away several extra bonus episodes as well as having a couple surprise guest speakers and lots of other goodies. So if you want all those extras, check it out now and get signed up. I cannot wait to get started and work with you. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at Kristen Fitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. And thanks again for listening in. Until next time, have a great week.